When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. Welcome. It is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Weekend Review. Ben Ferguson with you. And these are the stories you may have missed that we talked about this week. First up, Senator Cruz's new book is out, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. And there's a very interesting conversation in this book about how Donald Trump broke the media. Up second, school choice, a major issue, and how big of an issue should it be in this presidential election? Senator Cruz and I break that down and why Republicans should double down on the issue of school choice. And finally, the southern border. It is a question of national security now. We bring in Rick Grinnell, who is in the job of dealing with national security under the Trump administration. So just how bad and how dangerous is our broken border? We deal with that as well. It's the Week in Review, and it starts right now. You mentioned what we're up against, and one of your chapters is about the newsroom revolution, and you start with a great story uh, of a former colleague of mine that is hard to deal with, Jake Tapper, uh, in a fight as he's, in essence, calling you a liar. And this is the new thing that the media has done. They've become so sanctimonious that they are always looking for a moment to tell you why you're wrong and why they're brilliant. We've seen this uh, in the last several days as they've been demanding a ceasefire uh, to protect the terrorists in Gaza uh, who the who the Israelis are trying to eradicate from the face of this earth with good reason after what they did just one month ago. And we talked about this on Verdict. 
Israel, we knew, was on, a, on an artificial clock the day the terrorist attack happened before the media, before the left, started going to the aid of Hamas and, 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 and the Palestinian people that were backing Hamas, many of them that were, uh, and saying, okay, all right, you had a few days now to go after these terrorists. Now you got to stop it. Now, now it's your, your, your obligation to, to stop trying to protect yourself. And this is our media now, and it goes back to this this idea that they have, which is they're better than everyone else. They're not here to report news anymore. They're here to go after people like you and others they, they don't like and indoctrinate a nation to believe in socialism and communism and Marxism. Look, that that is exactly right, and, and, and the media has fundamentally changed. And so the chapter on, on journalism. I talk about how when I was first elected to the Senate 11 years ago, and I actually focus on CNN as really a a case lesson. 11 years ago, CNN, they aspired to be journalists. If you ask them, they'd say, we want to be journalists. We want to present both sides. We want to be fair and objective and balanced. And, And we want to focus on facts and not our opinion. Now, they were terrible at it. They leaned hard left and they they couldn't help themselves. But that was the objective. Number one, they would articulate to you they were trying to achieve. But number two, I think they believed in their heart they were trying to do that. And so when I was first elected to the Senate, you may find this hard to believe, but I went on CNN just about every week. I went on there over and over and over again, and they would give you a chance to lay out a conservative argument. And they'd attack you from the left, and they'd be unfair, and they'd play gotcha questions. But, but they would give you a chance to present the other side. And what happened is when Donald Trump became president, I think it fundamentally broke the media. Their brains shattered. They hated him so much that today the media no longer views its its vision as being journalists, as being fair and impartial and presenting both sides. Instead, they have embraced a vision that they are advocates. They are defenders of democracy. And what they mean by democracy is 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 left wing radical policies. And, 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 you know, so, so the story I tell in, in, in the very beginning of, of the journalism chapter is during the presidential race, uh, I, w- I was out on the campaign trail. I was actually in our campaign bus, and I was doing an interview with Jake Tapper. And, and, and look, I'll confess, I like Jake. I've known Jake for, for over 20 years. I've known Jake since he was a cub reporter um, on, on the George W. Bush 2000 campaign, and I was a, a baby staffer on it. And so I've known him a long time. And he was interviewing me for his Sunday show. And, and we, were, we, we did an interview, and it was, I don't remember, probably 10 minutes or so. And I had learned a lesson, and it's something that I do with every Sunday show, which is that I insist that the Sunday show either be live or it be live to tape. And the reason I learned that is I had done, just a few weeks earlier, an interview with Bob Schieffer at CBS. And Bob Schieffer, I, I hadn't insisted on that, and he'd done the interview, and then afterwards his show had edited it and had basically cut out every good argument I made and just just put this this slash job where, where he decimated me because he excluded all my good answers and, and just just edited it in a way that was really deceptive. And I said, OK, never again. If we do one of these, they must air what I actually say. And I said, look, if you want to give me five minutes or six or eight or 10 or 12 or whatever, you can pick the time. But when we film it, you air exactly what happens during that time. So we had agreed with that with CNN. And in the course of the interview, uh, we were talking about the shooting at Fort Hood and, and Nadal Hassan, who was, who was the, the radical Islamist who had walked through 
and and murdered 14 innocent souls yelling Aluha Akbar. Um, And I mentioned that the Obama administration knew that Hassan was a radical jihadist. They knew that he had been in email communication with Anwar al-Awlaki, who was the, the, the Islamist cleric, the radical, that he'd asked al-Awlaki about the permissibility of waging jihad on his fellow soldiers. And yet the Obama administration did nothing until he committed that act of mass murder. And when I said all of that, Jake immediately interrupted and he said, that's not true. No, that's not, that's not right. And he said, what you're saying is fundamentally false. That's a lie. It's not true. And, and, you know, I just kind of smiled and I said, well, you know, Jake, as, as, as John Adams said, facts are stubborn things. And what I'm saying is entirely accurate. And, and, and you know, when, when you research the issue, that's exactly what you're going to find out. So we do the interview. Jake and his production team leaves the bus. And, and I don't know, five, ten minutes later, there's a knock on the door of the bus. And we open it. And it's Jake. And he's very sheepish. And he says, hey, can you come in and talk for a second? I said, yeah, sure. Come on in. And he said, look, after we did the interview. He said, I went and got on the Internet and I researched it. And and actually, you were right. He said, I didn't know that I had missed. I just had not seen the the revelation that the Obama administration knew it. It just I, I couldn't believe it. And, I, and but turns out you were right. I was wrong. And, and, and Jake said, listen, I'll give you a choice. We can do it one of two ways. He said, I agreed we would do this live to tape. And so if, if you want, I will air it exactly as it happened. And then after I air it, I will I will come on on live and I'll say after the interview, I researched it and it turns out I was wrong and Cruz was right. What he said was exactly right. And I was in error when I said he was not telling the truth. He said that's option number one. He said option number two, which he said I'd really much prefer is that we just edit out that segment. We just remove it from from the interview and we air everything else and just not include that segment. And, and I describe in the book that, you know, I thought about it, and it was obviously in my self-interest to pick option number one. That, yeah. that, that like, having CNN, having Tapper admit he was full of crap and I was right, that was a big political victory. But I also expected that I would be doing a whole lot more interviews with Tapper and with CNN. And I frankly respected how he approached it, that he came to me and he admitted he was wrong and he gave me that option. I thought it was an honorable way to handle it. And so I made what I would say is a long-term play rather than a short-term play. And I said, okay, you can go ahead and cut the segment out. And so they did. So the, se- the, the story I recount in the book, that segment never aired because CNN cut the segment out. I focus on Tapper in particular because I think he's a smart guy. And I think he wants to be a journalist. And I think in his heart right now. He knows that he's not, that Trump broke Tapper, that now CNN will have a panel of five experts there to discuss, true or not, Donald Trump is the devil. And all five of them agree, of course, he's the devil. No, he's worse than the devil. That's the whole debate. And, and you know, look, CNN used to be a place, if you go back to 2017, in 2017, I did three town hall debates on CNN with Bernie Sanders. We did one on health care and two on tax policy. And, and, and they were great debates. I think they were among, if not the highest rated shows on CNN that whole year. They were 90 minutes. Bernie is an unapologetic defender of socialism. I'm an unapologetic defender of capitalism. And we had a real and substantive debate. That CNN doesn't exist anymore. And it's bad for America. It's bad for the world 
that we don't have functioning journalism. And I describe all of this in the book, but I also describe how because journalism, corporate media is broken. It's part of what makes the radical Democrats so extreme, why they vote for such ridiculous policy positions that are so out of the mainstream, because they know they will never, ever, ever get asked about it by reporters back home. They will never have to defend it. And so it's radicalized the Democrat Party in Washington. Last question for you, a little comedy and congratulations. Jimmy Kimmel is uh, promoting your book, Senator. I'm very excited about this. I also am waiting for the restraining order because he's absolutely obsessed with you. Uh, Your new book that is out, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. He gave it a primetime promotion on his show last night. Here's what it sounded like. Ted Cruz has a new book. It's called Unwoke. It's uh, he's. You know what? He's so cool. He's um, you can tell it's Ted's book because the dust jacket doesn't quite fit. It won't won't button in the front. But this is Cruz's fifth book. The last one was called Ted Cruz, A Time for Truth. See him there without the beard. He also wrote Ted Cruz Head Ooze. Um, He wrote Glued Pubes, the guy for guys who can't grow a beard. Of course, the New York Times bestseller, A Partially Digested Rat and other things I found in my chin pouch. There are many interesting musings and revelations in the books. Uh, He says The Princess Bride is his favorite movie, and he's seen it hundreds of times, which is definitely not true. No one's seen anything hundreds of times. And apparently, he's not a big fan of late-night television. This is an excerpt, real excerpt. He wrote, late-night TV is virtually unwatchable. I love comedy, but watching angry leftists scream about how much they hate Donald Trump isn't remotely funny. It's pitiful. Well, all I'll say is it's an honor to be called pitiful. by a man who abandoned his dog in an ice storm to go to Mexico. But congrats, Ted. And seriously, I do want to say, you know, writing writing a book like this is a a huge accomplishment, especially for him. You know, it's very difficult to type with hooves. I mean, Senator, it doesn't it prove your point that you just wrote in your book. That was the part that made me laugh is as he's forcing this comedy on the audience and there's some awkward laughter. It's like, yeah, thanks for proving the point of what you just wrote about in your book. Sure. Look, I mean, it was when when he did that last night, I, I actually tweeted his monologue out this morning and I said, hey, thank, thank, thanks for pitching my book. You forgot the link to where you can buy it. And I sent the link. And, and, and I did something that, that, that is, is fairly obligatory also, which is Kimmel regularly blasts me in his late night monologues. And every time he does, uh, I respond and, and I point out that, that, that ever since I, I whipped Jimmy Kimmel's ass in one on one hoops, uh, it seems that I'm living rent free in his head. Uh, and so I sent a, a video of me scoring on him and blocking him just to remind him of, of, of that moment that I think he probably still wakes up in, in tremors about. But I thought it was hysterical. What he read there was an actual excerpt from the book, and, and he put, put up the book, book cover, and I, I, I think that's fabulous, but I do wish the substantive point that late-night humor, I wish, was actually funny. I love comedy. I grew up watching SNL. I like real comedians who are funny, and they used to be funny, and now... It's one of the many examples, and I discuss it at length in, in the book Unwoke, how how Trump broke the media, Trump broke the Democrat Party, and Trump broke late-night comedy because they, they just, it's a partisan primal ske- scream 
instead of good comedy makes fun of both sides. I'm perfectly fine with making fun of me, but they never, ever make fun of the Democrats. It's purely a I am leftist. Hear me roar. Now, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you can go back and listen to the full podcast from earlier this week. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Two thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. The 2024 election is upon us and the war on masculinity in America today is more blatant than ever. I want you to know that now is the time to choose strength and vitality over weakness and complacency. The problem is men's testosterone levels are off a cliff historically, at all-time low. And isn't that what the liberal elite want? A weak and docile underclass. Thankfully, the patriots at chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men take back the right to proudly maximize their masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, look, I've been taking the chalk male vitality stack for over a year now, and it works, period. It's manufactured right here in the U.S. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, your mood, 
And guess what? Over the last year, I've lost almost 50 pounds because I'm working out again and I feel so much more active than I ever had before, especially hitting over 40. So maximize your masculinity today at Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use promo code Ben for a massive discount on any subscription for life. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code Ben for lifetime savings on any subscription. Limited time offer. Subscriptions cancelable anytime. C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code Ben. Now on to story number two. Before we get into Q&A, I, I want to ask you one other thing, and it's, it's the issue, and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to like this idea here. School choice. Uh, I am a huge proponent of school choice. It's been something that you have been a champion of for years. But it's also become, in many circles, they say a third rail, don't touch it, don't talk about it, don't deal with it in politics. Do you believe in this next election cycle that conservatives can win on the issue of school choice? And how would they best do that nationwide? Look, I think absolutely yes. I am. There is no domestic issue I care about more than school choice. I think school choice is the civil rights issue of the 21st century. And and listen, it is worth noting that, that school choice has been around from the dawn of time. The rich and the middle class have always had school choice. If you were a student at the Bethesda Public Schools in Maryland, Bethesda is this very wealthy suburb of Washington, D.C., if that school had a 50% dropout rate, if among the students that remained there, fewer than half of them graduated reading at grade level, If drug dealers were walking in the hallways, if little girls were getting sexually assaulted in the bathrooms, the Bethesda Public Schools would be empty immediately because the parents there are rich. So they would do one of two things. They would either write checks and pay tuition at a private school, or they would move to another neighborhood that had a better public school, and they would exercise choice through choosing where to live. That's what the rich have always been able to do. That's what the upper middle class have always been able to do. It is low-income Americans, it is single moms in inner cities who are trapped with failing schools. And those numbers I've described are true in school after school after school in this country. And it predominantly hurts low-income kids. It hurts African-American kids. It hurts Hispanic kids. And the Democrat Party is bought and paid for by the teachers' unions. If you look at African-American communities or Hispanic communities, systematically 60, 70, as much as 80% of African-American parents, as much as 60, 70, 80% of Hispanic parents support school choice. I believe every child in America deserves a right to have access to an excellent education regardless of their race, of their ethnicity, of their wealth, of their zip code. So how do we win? i got to say, we are sitting in in actually an extraordinary place, because I want to say to the men and women here, thank you for your leadership. Arizona has led the nation in providing choice to your students. It has been extraordinary. It has been inspirational. It has been powerful. And the Goldwater Institute has been pivotal in making that happen. And if you look nationally, the two states at the front uh, of this fight have been Arizona and Florida. 
And, and I will say something, you and I are both Texans, and look, Texans, we are known for being quiet and for our humility. <laughs> look, as Texans, I hate that there is anything Texans are not leaning on. But when it comes to school choice, Texans have been lagging behind. And I can tell you there's a major battle playing out in the Texas legislature right now. We have the single best moment we have ever had in our lifetimes to pass real and meaningful school choice in Texas. The governor, Greg Abbott, has said he's going to keep calling special sessions until they pass it. And I'll tell you something that I do in Texas that is unusual, Ben. So virtually every U.S. senator stays out of state primaries in their own state. And the reason is getting involved in a primary in your own state is just stupid. It hurts you. That if you make an endorsement in your own primary, in a primary in your state, the rule of thumb is you get half of their friends and you get all of their enemies. I don't do that. I regularly endorse in primaries. To the best of my knowledge, I don't know another U.S. senator that does. To the best of my knowledge, 99 of my colleagues do not. And I endorse in lots of primaries in Texas. And here's how. I have my staff prepare an Excel spreadsheet of every vote that a state legislator has cast on school choice. And my rule is, if you voted in favor of school choice, and you're otherwise relatively conservative, you're quite likely to get my support. If you voted against choice, the chances of getting my support are essentially zero. And it is very likely that I will endorse your primary opponent. And when I do that, I don't do it gently. I come in and I cut radio and TV ads and I come in. And you, I you're accused your of a lot of things. You going gently into political time is look, not one of them, look, sir. The stakes are too high. And so we had last election cycle seven runoffs with the teachers unions on one side and me on the other. And we beat them in a majority of those races. And the reason I do that, and listen, it hurts me politically to do that. I am losing votes when I do that. But the reason I'm doing that is that I want for the state legislators, when they're thinking about what do I do on this, for it to be a carrot and stick, that if there is a Republican House member that's on the fence, do I support it, do I not? I want them to say, you know, I really don't want Cruz to screw around in my primary. So maybe I'll just do the right thing. And I'll tell you something, and it's something why I'm so inspired by the men and women in this room. When I was first elected to the Senate in 2012, here's what I told Heidi. I said, sweetheart, if when I die, if my tombstone says, Ted played a meaningful role in bringing about school choice to every child in Texas and every child in America, I will die a very, very happy man. As before, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation on this topic, you can go back and download the podcast from earlier this week to hear the entire thing. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. 
Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. The 2024 election is upon us and the war on masculinity in America today is more blatant than ever. I want you to know that now is the time to choose strength and vitality over weakness and complacency. The problem is men's testosterone levels are off a cliff historically, at all-time low. And isn't that what the liberal elite want? A weak and docile underclass. Thankfully, the patriots at chalk. C-H-O-Q are here to help real American men take back the right to proudly maximize their masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, look, I've been taking the Chalk Male Vitality Stack for over a year now, and it works period. It's manufactured right here in the U.S. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, your mood. And guess what? Over the last year, I've lost almost 50 pounds because I'm working out again and I feel so much more active than I ever had before, especially hitting over 40. So maximize your masculinity today at Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use promo code Ben for a massive discount on any subscription for life. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code Ben for lifetime savings on any subscription. Limited time offer. Subscriptions cancelable anytime. CHOQ.com. Promo code Ben. I want to get back to the big story number three of the week you may have missed. I want to ask you about another question that deals with the southern border. And I want to go back to putting your, you know, taking the ambassador hat off, going back to national intelligence. You look at our southern border right now, and it doesn't take a very bright 
human being to understand that an open border the way it is now is a national security threat. There are more and more people that are saying this. We saw the FBI director Ray saying that we're at a, the high, highest level in his opinion since 9-11 uh, for the prospect of an attack in this country. We know that terrorists are coming across the border They're on the terrorist watch list that have been caught. These terrorists are not trying to turn themselves into Border Patrol agents. They're trying to become gotaways. We have no idea how many terrorists have made it into this country undetected so far. But when you look at the warnings now and you look at what just happened and you look at the warnings of possibilities of the same type of style attack that we just saw in Israel and yet we still have an open border and we still have Mayorkas before Congress what was that yesterday day before saying that no he doesn't believe we need a border wall what is your reaction from an Mm -hmm. intelligence standpoint yeah Ben it's a good question because you know I gotta believe that all of the intelligence officials who are collecting uh, raw intelligence see it on a daily basis. They're see- I mean, how, how else do we know that someone from the terrorist watch list is crossing the border? It's because of raw intelligence. Mm-hmm. We're figuring it out. But I, I, I think that it's being hidden. When they report it, it's not being analyzed and talked about. It's not being put into the president's daily briefing. Uh, all of that information is completely being suppressed. And, and once again, we should be asking these questions of Avril Haynes. You know, what are you seeing at the border? What are you hearing at the border? And, you know, she's just not getting pushed on it. But it's clearly extremely dangerous. Everybody knows that. You're not going to have a country if you have an open border. We all know that. But I find the most outrageous thing is that the media are complicit yep. in this problem Absolutely. because Democrats would have to face the music if they were hearing from uh, the media in their home states, if they were being pushed and held to account like they used to. When when I would sit around and watch the news with my dad as a kid, the news was kind of holding both sides to account. Well, Rick, this is a point that, that we've made a lot on this podcast and, and that I make in, in my brand new book, Unwoke, which is that the corruption of the media and, and Donald Trump, I believe, broke the media. He shattered their brains. That has played a, a critical role in driving today's Democrat Party to such extremes. Yes. to go so crazy left because they never, ever, ever get questioned on any of it. So there's no downside to, to giving in to the radical extreme in their party. They, they never fear that they will get a hard question at home. They never fear they'll get a bad story at home. And, and, and so I think the, the abandonment of any effort at journalism by the corporate media has been one of the most destructive developments in recent years. I, I totally agree because it, it's unleashed, right? They, there's no consequences. There's no downside. So they get to do and say anything they want. I, as I watch Avril Haines and, you know, she got into office and immediately – Uh, In order to please Iran, one of the first things she did was manipulate past intelligence to pretend like it was real, and they went after the Saudis and the Khashoggi issue all over again. They literally, there was nothing new in that report. It was repackaged to hit the Saudis hard after we had basically looked at them and tried to make some changes, uh, 
and and we're trying to heal that relationship. She Saudis opened it up. We're, we're on the verge of signing the Abraham Accords. Yes, and and, and until Biden screwed that up, one hundred percent true. And and they, I look back now, and it makes sense to me. The reason they did it is because they wanted to show the Iranians yes. that somehow that they were going to play more fair. And that they were going to be nicer to the Iranians by beating up on the Saudis, right? And then, why aren't we talking about the fact that they took the Houthis off the terrorist watch list? And the Houthis are the ones who just shot down the drone. Why were they taken off that list? I mean, explain the politics behind that. Well, I think, again, it's it's a gift to the Iranians. They're they're trying to please them because they want to get back and, you know, they will spin that somehow the international sanctions was were were pressuring the Iranians. And therefore, they were closer to a nuclear bomb because of the sanctions and the grip that we had. And again, this is the same strategy that they had with Russia when you go and you see Democrat senators making the case for dropping the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, it is, in summary, they keep saying, well, we don't want to stick it in the eye of the Russians. This pipeline and us uh, sanctioning it, making it not come online, is creating problems. So we must, therefore, let the pipeline flow through with gas, because things are going to be better if we don't stick it in the eye of Putin. This is well, the, and, this was and, their and argument. And appeasement always, always, always fails. It invites bullies and tyrants to be aggressive, to invade. It it causes war. Absolutely. I mean, Joe Biden inherited peace and prosperity. We now have the biggest land war in Europe since World War II, and the biggest war in the Middle East of our lifetimes. I mean, I mean that is. And, 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 you know, you're talking about the Saudis. Look, in my view, the dominant foreign policy objective of Joe Biden and his team has been to reenter an even worse Iran nuclear deal. Yeah. And everything in the Middle East hinges on why do they go after the Saudis so, so ferociously for the same reason that I am largely pro-Saudi, which is that the Saudis are the most important regional counterweight other than Israel. To Iran. Now, look, the Saudis have lots of problems, so I describe the Saudis as a problematic ally. But we want them to be an ally, we want them to be strong as a counterbalance to Iran. That's precisely why the Biden administration wants the Saudis to be weak, because everything is subservient to getting in another deal with Iran, including in the middle of this Ukraine war, after Biden's weakness causes the war in Ukraine, it has now become the ultimate Democrat virtue signal to wear a Ukrainian flag right. and, and commit that we must be in the war until the end of time. And even while they say that, they continue to flow now roughly $100 billion into Iran much of which goes into Iranian drones, that Iran becomes the top weapon supplier to Russia. And so Biden is funding both, both sides, sides of the Ukraine war. Well, there's no question about that. And this goes back to what my original point on Iran was. It, it sounds crazy, but they trust the Iranians. There's some belief, Jake Sullivan, maybe it's just a, a white paper intellectual exercise that if you're nicer to them, somehow they're going to give up a nuclear weapon. Yep. And, and they really believe that. And the NGO community totally supports that. 
and and the it we call it appeasement but they they're trying once again engagement and this is one of my problems with the foreign policy community is that we should be able to try engagement, try sanctions, try all sorts of things, but we should quickly evaluate whether it's working or not. We well, could talk it, all day it, about it, Venezuela because I think that's a failure of a policy. It, it is. You know, it's worth also underscoring that the Biden administration's top Iran, Iran diplomat, Rob Malley, who's been fired and had his security clearance pulled and 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 is nonetheless in a cushy job at my alma mater at Princeton, which is really disgraceful. Um, His inner circle included three individuals who were Iranian operatives recruited by the Iranian government, reporting directly to the Iranian foreign minister and advancing Iranian policy agendas within the United States government, within the Biden administration, one of whom as far as we know, is still a chief of staff in the Department of Defense to this day. Yeah, and and they've been caught asking the Iranian diplomats for sign-off. Yes. For speaking engagements. It, it's really so outrageous, so treasonous. But once again, you don't see any of these uh, national security reporters at the New York Times or the Washington Post or Politico or anywhere else putting pressure, asking the questions. They get away with it. So let me ask you another question. So you were the director of national intelligence uh, under Trump. You were act, acting DNI for, for, for how long? It was a short period of time. A short period of time. Uh, supposed to be three months, but it was about four and a half. So it's four and a half months. It was the most consequential tenure at DNI that I have seen. And, and you really shook that place up in a very short time period. And, and, and I guess what I would ask is, number one, how did you do that? How did you take on the deep state, which, which is real throughout government, but especially in the intelligence community, is a persistent problem? And, and, and lots of conservatives sometimes feel frustrated and say, well, you can't take on the deep state. And I think you managed to do it uh, remarkably during that tenure. And, and, and what I would say as a second part of the question is what advice would you give to the next Republican cabinet member coming into office and facing career bureaucrats that are ideologically and passionately opposed to the next Republican president and the agenda of the next White House? Well, let me take the second part first. I think the reality is, is you can't hire someone whose livelihood is Washington, D.C., you're hiring somebody who who needs a job later in the Washington system where reporters go to church with politicians and lobbyists, they live in the same communities, they're never going to make big, bold decisions because they'll have the ire of their friends and their, their church acquaintances. What I believe that you have to do is is hire people also who really don't care about their New York Times profile piece who somehow have the ability to make the right decisions. The I've told President Trump, we're gonna fix the personnel problem when he's, when he's president. And the first thing is, is to look at every resume, and if the resume has a Washington DC address on it, throw it away. We can hire people from outside of Washington DC. What, what happened with me at DNI uh, is actually pretty simple. When I came into DNI, one of the first things they did is they gave me four uh, 
reports that had been done over the last 10 years of how to fix the intelligence system. I read the reports and I thought, well, a lot of this makes sense. We, we've got duplicitous uh, programs. We've got people who uh, it's supposed to be a, a coordinating body and yet it's no longer a coordinating body. It's actually a competitive body. Uh, it ballooned to more than 2,000 people. It should be like 200 people. And so I just started sending people back to their their home agencies. DNI, uh, the ODNI, had become the 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 wasteland. If uh, intelligence agency didn't like somebody, rather than fire them, they sent them over to ODNI. And so I just started sending people back and getting rid of every possible person that we could, freezing hiring. I did this in in uh, Germany as well. And forcing people to rethink this. You gotta be able to play the system, but you gotta know the system. And I've worked at the State Department and I knew how the federal government works to where you can come in and manipulate it and start using its own rules against it. I do think though, that in order for us to make big, bold decisions, Congress is gonna have to somehow change the way the labor force uh, is, is legally allowed to, to you know, be cut. As you know, and I'm preaching to the choir here, but when we come up with new technologies and we decide to spend on a different program, by definition, other things should fall. Uh, people should be fired. Uh, the program should be eliminated, and that's not happening. As always, thank you for listening to Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Ben Ferguson with you. Don't forget to download my podcast and you can listen to my podcast every other day. You're not listening to Verdict or each day when you listen to Verdict afterwards. I'd love to have you as a listener to, again, the Ben Ferguson podcast. And we will see you back here on Monday morning. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. Portfolio. And I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investments to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more now at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict.